everybody. This is James Lindsay, and you're listening to the New Discourses podcast, and we're going to do something experimental today. This is um really off the beaten track. I mean, I think I'm going to get made fun of for this, so I'll just say that at the beginning and get it over with. Uh, this is actually what I want to kind of give you is like a 30, 40, 50,000 foot overview about fighting the woke. And I think that this is actually strategically informative. I think it helps me think about what our goals have to be uh, from a kind of big picture strategy perspective. But I'm going to just admit that it's I'm about to be a, a bit of a weeb on this um, to give you this information. Actually, I've thought about this for over a year, maybe almost year and a half. And uh, some people have had to suffer through hearing me talk about it. But I haven't had the nerve to make a podcast about it, even though I think it's really insightful because um, you're about to hear why it's kind of embarrassing. So I was trying to figure out a way to just kind of like hide the fact of what this is actually about because I don't want it to be too weeby. If you don't know what weeb is, W-E-E-B, you should look it up. It's kind of funny. Uh, But and it's not exactly weeb because weeb is a Japanese fan thing and this is Chinese, but, um, it's dorky. So I've, I was going to try to figure out how to hide the ball and present this, uh, set of ideas without saying what it is, but I actually think it's more interesting and clearer if I do say what it is. So all of this apologizing for how weird this is aside, I guess I should be more confident in this, but let's just go. I actually want to give you a kind of big, big picture overview of, um, the, battle against the woke on an analysis that I derived, and I think it's good analysis, but I derived from Chinese five element theory, the the so-called Wuxing theory, um, which I study a Chinese martial art. It's not this one, but there is a Chinese martial art based off of this called Xing Yichuan. And so the idea that there would be a um, martial or wartime, you know, strategy kind of thought or or concept around, um, the, the five element theory is, is, you know, not just not ridiculous, but it's actually kind of central to the way that the five element theory is thought of. So a lot of people don't know about the, in the West, at least don't know about the five element theory. This is almost like what you had in the Greeks, but very different. It's not, you know, uh, earth, water, air, and fire. There are different ones. Um, and so the, the, the five elements are actually uh, similar, but they're water, wood, fire, earth, and metal in Chinese. And they interact with one another, the so-called five symbols or five forms, the wuxing, uh, interact with one another through two what they call cycles, the cycle of creation, which is also a cycle of consumption, uh, and then the cycle of destruction, which is also has kind of a, a cycle of rebellion tied up in it. As it turns out, um, the creative cycle uh, can can be run in a sense backwards, and that's the consumption cycle. Uh, and so there's like this idea that if you get in excess of one or the other, then it kind of consumes things too fast. Uh, this doesn't make sense until I start to explain it. Or um, if normally the thing would come in and destroy the other thing that the 
the thing that would be destroyed if it's in excess can actually rebuff that attack and do damage backwards to the thing that would destroy it. And this will make more sense as I go into it, but I just kind of want to give you this picture of this idea of, of the Chinese five element theory, because you might not know it. And then I'm going to kind of break into this analysis of woke based on this, which is kind of strange, but it's, you're going to, I think here that is very comprehensive. So the cycle of creation, again, the five elements are water, wood, fire, earth, and metal. The, the cycle, and I said them in the order of the cycle of creation just now, and it doesn't matter where you start, metal goes back to water. So it's a cycle, it's a circle. Think of a circle with five dots on it, and they, they go around. And, and so the, the cycle of creation gives the idea that each element creates the next one in the cycle. So water is the uh, element that nourishes plants and causes plants to grow. So water creates wood, and then wood is the fuel for fire. So when you set wood on fire, you get fire. So wood creates fire and fire burns into ash, which is dirt or earth. So fire creates earth and down within the earth, there are ores that can concentrate. And so those can be extracted as metals. And so earth creates metal and then metal, especially in humidity, either there's two kind of interpretations. It can melt and turn into a liquid. Um, you might think even of like mercury, which is liquid at room temperature, or you could say that, you know, when you have a metal can full of water, uh, something cool, uh, it'll have water condense on the outside of it. So metal triggers condensation and thus gives birth to water. So water creates wood by causing growth. Wood creates fire by being fuel. Fire creates earth by burning into ash. Earth creates metal by concentrating ore and metal creates water through condensation or melting. And so this is the cycle water to wood to fire to earth to metal back to water that's a cycle of creation it's also a cycle of consumption wood is pulling out of water fire is pulling out of wood earth is pulling out of fire metal is pulling out of earth water is pulling out of metal and so on okay so you get the kind of idea water creates wood so wood consumes water and can exhaust it wood creates fire through burning so fire consumes wood but can also exhaust the wood you could burn the entire wood pile down right just like the the plant, think of a cactus could suck up all the water out of the out of the soil, all of it, right? Um, fire creates earth as ash, so earth consumes fire, but can also uh, exhaust fire by snuffing it out or um, reducing too quickly. Uh, earth creates metal from ore, so metal consumes earth, but it can also exhaust it, whether it's through mining or whatever we have to get into. And then metal creates water through condensation, so water consumes metal. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and can also exhaust it, which would be to cause it to rust. So that's the cycle of creation. So in other words, you have these five elements, water, wood, fire, earth, and metal, and they're in relationship with one another. One creates the next. This is not the Greek model with the four elements, which are in these kind of opposing pairs or whatever. These The elements create one another. This is a completely different dynamic model. So if you were to take those same five and put them in... Uh, in, in the same order, water to wood, to fire to earth, to metal, back to water around the circle. And you were to skip one each time. This is what they call the cycle of destruction. If you were to draw that, you would draw a pentagon or a pentagram, I should say, a five-pointed star inside the circle. So the cycle of destruction and rebellion is that water douses fire and puts it out. So water destroys fire. The rebellion part, though, is if the fire is hot enough. If it's in excess, then it will actually boil the water. If you throw a cup of water on a house fire, it'll just boil the water off. So water douses fire and puts it out. So water destroys fire, but fire and rebellion can boil away water. Fire melts metal. 
So that's how fire destroys metal. But metal, one of two ways you can think of it is, you know, like a big giant uh, piece of, of steel or whatever that's, that you're trying to heat can absorb a lot of heat without melting. It'll turn red eventually, then orange and yellow. It takes a lot of heat to melt metal. And so it can absorb a lot of heat. It can also, if you think of it like the uh, little cap you put, the metal cap you put over the top of, say, a candle or whatever, it can snuff out the fire by suffocating it because it can absorb that heat and not burn. Wood might catch on fire, but metal won't catch on fire. Um, metal cuts down wood, so metal is destructive to wood. But if there's too much wood or the wood is too whatever, you, you can imagine swinging an axe at like a really hard, dense stump and chipping your axe. Uh, or blunting your axe through repeated strokes. So metal cuts wood. So um, so far what we've done is water um, destroys fire, fire destroys metal, metal destroys wood, but in turn all of these can fight can, can fight back if they're in excess and, or sufficient amount and, and, and destroy in the opposite direction. Wood destroys earth by overgrowing it, by covering it with plants. So now it's a woodland instead of, say, bare rock. You can imagine the idea of a seed falling in the crack and sprouting and the roots breaking open the rock. Wood overcomes or, or, or defeats or destroys earth by uh, growing into it or uh, within it or on top of it. But if the rock is too bare and sheer, uh, it can prevent any growth and repel the wood. The seed has nowhere to actually germinate. And finally, earth destroys water because it can dam it up and keep it from doing its, what it's naturally intended to do, which is to flow. And then the water becomes stagnant and can go bad, but a flood of water will wash away the earth. So now you understand there's a cycle of creation that's also a cycle of consumption if looked at kind of backwards, and there's a cycle of destruction that's also a cycle of rebellion if looked at kind of backwards. So again, water creates wood, wood creates fire, fire creates earth, earth creates metal, metal creates water, and water destroys fire, fire destroys metal, metal destroys wood, wood destroys earth, and earth destroys water. And you have these two cycles. Okay, so... I'm going to not make a very thorough case for the for what follows in this argument, but I think you'll be convinced as we go through it um, that woke Marxism or Marxism in general is an infiltrative st strategy as a uh, subversive strategy uh, based on what it is, is actually characterized by wood. It is a wood element phenomenon. It is in fact pernicious wood. Um, so you might almost think of poison ivy, some kind of wooded thing you don't want, toxic, poisonous wood. But it's using the wood strategy, the wood methodology, the wood energy, if you want, the form of wood. The, that's the Xing in, in, in the Wuxing, the, the five forms, five elements. It's using the form or the, the, the substance of wood to um, do what it does. It's activism. And that energy of wood in Chinese thought is, is, is can be characterized as the usurping son. So you have a son who's decided he's going to overthrow his father and supplant him. So this whole envy-based energy and seize the means of production for Marxism and woke is kind of characterized by this usurping son. By the way, this is like the an animal, a mythical animal in the Chinese pantheon associated with, with wood energy is often the dragon. And the dragon, um, in this case, would be kind of the evil dragon or whatever. Uh, but it has this, like I said, colonizing and overgrowing energy, but also this like seed in between the rocks and 
breaking things apart. So if you think of your, your society like, like a stone that has a crack in it, maybe there's some soil in the crack and a seed falls in and the roots start to set and they crack open the rock, they break apart your society. It's like the seed of Marxism getting inside and breaking it up. Or you can think of it as, as, as wood overgrowing your territory, like a colonizing force. Think of here in the Southeast uh, United States, we have this plant called, it's imported from Japan called kudzu. And kudzu is um, very invasive, very vigorously growing vine that basically takes over everything. It grows over trees, it grows over everything and kind of colonizes where it is. So you have this overgrowing energy. That's exactly kind of how, I mean, that's what Gramsci said about socialism. He said socialism is precisely the religion that must overcome Christianity. So you get this kind of colonizing energy, which is exactly how woke works. It gets inside, it subverts, it infiltrates, and then it colonizes and claims that thing for itself. You can almost think of like another pernicious wood idea would almost be like the uh, cordyceps mushroom that infects like a parasite. It's, it, it's a mushroom, but it infects the brain of, of insects and causes them to behave in certain ways that, that lead the insect to grow and turn into a mushroom. Um, Basically, what you have is that it infiltrates into the gaps and then it plants the seeds of a counter hegemony and that counter hegemony births out of the seed in, in like a plant or whatever. You can imagine planting a plant and a little sprout bursts out. That's actually very characteristic of young wood or early wood energy in Chinese thought. I know I told you this is weeby. Um, but anyway, uh, also it turns out that the wood element in Chinese thought is prone to or it makes use of or is connected to and it stokes a lot of anger. Um, of course, we often sometimes will associate the... Uh, this same energy with envy. And there are lots of reasons, therefore, that I think that woke is best characterized in the five element theory as, as a form of negative or, or pernicious wood. And so if we look at the cycle of creation and consumption and the cycle of destruction and rebellion, we can get some strategies. If this hypothesis that the energy, the, the form, the, the substance of woke is characterized in five element theory from Chinese thought, has pernicious wood energy, and I know we're in deep in the weed weeds here. Um, it gives us a lot that we can kind of work with uh, to come up with a strategy for fighting it. Um, just to give you kind of another picture, by the way, the characteristics of these five elements: um, water is nourishing; it has uh, traits that it adheres to things and flows. It always wants to flow. It's also characterized by danger. Um, wood has a, a quality of growth, of bursting forth, of penetrating uh, and overgrowing uh, or smothering. Um, fire has the, the, the quality of being bright. It gives off light, so it's enlightening or it's therefore illuminating, right? And that's a double meaning that is intended here, but it also clings to, to whatever it has and it's um, substance without substance. It doesn't actually, fire isn't just happening. It's clinging to something else. As a matter of fact, it's clinging to its fuel. It's clinging to wood, um, but and, and it's substantive and it can hurt you, but it's actually without substance at the same time. But its nature is that it actually consumes as well. Metal is hard and it is cutting. Uh, it is generally disposed like water to being cold. Um, 
and earth is seen as centered and actually kind of foundational in more than one way. All of the elements are actually, in some of the other ways that the elements are arranged and thought is arranged, uh, are directly connected to earth in a very kind of fundamental way. If we look at it on a compass, for example, when they do the five element theory in the compass, you have... Um, you have, if I remember right, I might have this backwards, but that water is in, I think water is in the north and fire is in the south and uh, wood is in the east and metal is in the west. I might have those backwards and then earth is in the center. Um, and so you can kind of picture it that way. That's not a cyclical thinking of the five elements. It's been a while since I've thought about that characterization. I didn't look it back up for this. It's not really that important. The idea is to understand that earth is centered. In fact, earth is based uh, it's very based. And so I'm going to come back to that kind of a lot. Now, if we accept the premise for the sake of the argument of this very strange podcast that woke Marxism is in fact pernicious or bad wood substance or form or energy, how does the five element theory it kind of apply to strategy inform us on how to deal with it? according to these cycles of creation and thus consumption and the cycle of destruction and thus rebellion. That's the question of the podcast. I told you it's dorky, but I want you to bear with me because I think this is going to actually give you some ideas. I'm, this isn't going to take too long. I'm just going to go through the five different elements and how they relate to the idea of, say, a fight with wood. Okay, so wood becomes the enemy that we're focusing on. Something that has the energy or mentality or shape or form of wood, the shing of wood. That's with a rising tone that I can't say. I'm supposed to pretend I'm asking a question or something. Ching. I don't know. That was a level tone. Damn it. I can't do these things. Anyway, we're just going to go through them all. So wood consumes water. Water is the creator of wood. This is the relationship between wood and water in the five elements. Okay. So wood consumes water. That means water makes wood grow. So if woke Marxism is wood... What makes it go, what makes it grow, what gives it its energy is whatever water is represented by. And so if we want to fight it, what we would have to do is turn off the water. In other words, it's important to turn off its nourishment and to starve it. So immediately we see that this isn't a nonsense thing. Um, Marxism is a very parasitical uh, philosophy. It finds centers of resources, whether those are economic capital, material capital, cultural capital, social capital, human capital, it colonizes them, and then it sucks those resources out and spends them down, right? In other words, funding is crucial. It's, it, it, there's an old saying that Marxism is a rich man's game. It holds up the worker or the proletariat or the poor outcast as a symbol, but it actually does. It's almost always rich people pushing it. It's definitely always rich people funding it. So if we want to starve the woke Marxist beast, taking this piece out of the five element theory, the water part of the strategy includes cutting their funding. Anywhere that there's funding funding going in, we need to expose that and start trying to cut it off. Here's an example. Getting um, alumni donors to universities to stop giving money because the university is no longer the entity that it used to be is one example. Um, boycotting Bud Light because they've fallen afoul of this is another example, which this is now, as I did in a recent podcast here on the New Discourses podcast, has now revealed that the corporate equality index and ESG program work like a, a cartel, like a like a racketeering scam to force our corporations to behave certain ways. 
that happened because we actually cut the support, the long-term and middle-term funding mechanism, which is customers out from under Bud Light through the boycott. By cutting their funding, we were able to expose how this works because the beast is going to be starving for nourishment. So since since wood consumes water, or, or in other words, water nourishes wood, the water aspect of the strategy is to cut off that nourishment, cut funding. But it's not just funding because this is a cult that has enjoyed tricking people into a lot of moral support. Oh, they're on the side of the oppressed. They support LGBT people. They support racial minorities. They, they Just like the Marxists of old supported the worker, but they didn't really, right? So public support is another form of water nourishment that needs to be cut. If they lose the moral authority that the public has been tricked into granting them, they can't get very far. People won't go along with their programs. People won't accept it. People will roll their eyes. People will fight back. If they try to push something, people will refuse to get, say, a shot that gets them a passport to participate in society if they don't have sufficient trust and public support. So undercutting the trust in these people and undercutting or for the movement itself and undercutting their, their access to these different forms of capital, cultural capital, social capital, um, human capital and material capital is what it means to attack woke Marxism from the angle of wood or of water. I mean, because water is what nourishes wood. And if we see this as thirsty, thirsty, pernicious wood, you have to start cutting that off. One of the other things with human capital is people giving time and energy to it, getting these activists to show up and do things. Well, if the activists realize that what they're doing is stupid or boring or, or fake or causing more problems than it solves or any number of other things or likely to get them thrown in the gulag or lined up against the wall on the other side, um, they might give less time to it. So what we want to do when we're dealing with this water aspect of the strategy is figure out ways to cut their funding, cut their moral support, their cultural and social capital that they've usurped. These people don't speak for LGBTQ people, which isn't even a thing. There are no LGBTQ people. There are gays or lesbians or bisexuals. Some people are in transition. Um, queer politics is what the Q stands for. Um, there are no intrinsically Q people. And so, you know, I've got off on a tangent here, but that's that's um, dealing with the aspects of cultural and social capital. Woke is cringe. That's cutting down or diminishing their social capital, taking away their funding as their material capital. Are you kind of following me? Um, saying that they don't speak for the identity groups they claim to speak for diminishes their cultural capital. Since when did AOC get to speak for Latinas or whatever? Since when does Ayanna Presley or Cori Bush, these agitators, get to speak for black people? We all know that this is frustrating. We know that Larry Elder can't have a voice because he's the black face of white supremacy because he's a conservative. But when we, we you can diminish their cultural capital, well, their human capital too. You can actually starve them of this by convincing activists that it's uh, people not to be activists for them, people that it's not worth this. This is one of the reasons why they're so dedicated to the schools. They need to generate an army of young, fresh activists and if you start to deprogram your kids, protect your kids from them, start fixing the schools, pulling kids out of schools, etc., you're going to starve their human capital base. This is all turning. Think of it as like you've got an irrigation system. The woke Marxist plant 
this pernicious plant growing in your, your yard or whatever has an irrigation system going to it that feeds it material capital, that's money and resources, but it also has social capital, cultural capital, and people, it's human capital. And you just want to think of how can if how can I could turn off the tap? How do we keep capital from going to this toxic uh, parasitic plant and make sure it gets redirected to other things that are, are more useful? So Another thing you can do is reducing their manpower, which is going to be done achieve, not just by convincing people not to become activists, but looking at, say, these DEI pipelines and so on. If we starve the pipelines and end these corrupt hiring practices, we can actually reduce their manpower. Notice I didn't get into firing. I actually think that's on another another element. So I'm just going to talk about reducing the inflow. So, for example... If you change hiring practices in universities so that we're not or in corporations or anywhere else so that people are not so likely to be able to get jobs if they are woke or that there are not jobs like specifically DEI coordinators and so on um, for woke people. Or if we break open the cartel that's being run through ESG and see that the governance score requires them to hire these people into like HR departments and so on, and we start walking that apparatus back, then you can actually starve them of manpower again. So you can starve the pipelines, taking back the accreditation pipelines, starves them of their ability to dump resources, in this case, um, manpower into their ideological project. Uh, This is a lot of this can be achieved kind of through these kind of direct things, um, finding ways to convince people not to give money, cut state funding. Those are our financial ones. Uh, these these hiring practices and positions, the the pipelines that get people into these positions. These are these are you know, kind of very material human capital decisions, convincing people that the activism isn't worth it or that it doesn't represent them, undermining their social, cultural, and uh, access to human capital is all stuff that we can do. But in general, water as an element in Chinese thought flows downward along the path of least resistance, which means it's going to follow incentives. And so by reorganizing the incentives, some of these are social and cultural incentives, making it look cringe asserting as Vivek Ramaswamy puts out a American cultural standard that makes divisive identity politics look alien, um, making it costly to do this by shifting the liability field, maybe through lawsuits and so on. You, If we read the water element for attacking the, the woke pernicious wood virus involves realigning the incentive structures so that the water can flow downhill to where we want it and not to woke things. Um, so this is going to include, you know, firing. It's going to, to, to shift the liability field. We need to arrest criminals and prosecute them. Uh, we may need to arrest and prosecute white collar crime that's installing these things. These aren't necessarily, the techniques for this aren't strictly, um, aren't necessarily strictly water, but they are more strictly metal and metal creates water. So, Hey, how about that? Um, we want to have, you know, a centered application of law when we apply lawsuits. Um, we want to have PR campaigns against this, elevate the voices of detransitioners, for example, uh, the walkaway movement was very strong on this, but the idea is that, that creating PR campaigns that walk people out of the activism, that convince donors not to give it money, these kind of in the middle waffling donors, um, anything that we can do to, to 
shift these incentives, but also undermine good faith funding. There are a lot of funders out there who think that they're still helping social issues by giving money. They shouldn't. There are a lot of people still donating to the university because it's, oh man, that's my alma mater. They shouldn't. These kinds of things all will help realign the incentives and cut off the tap. We also should be attacking the ESG cartel, which is a gigantic financial tap very directly. A lot of their short-term corporations, for example, have a lot of their short-term financial issues solved by the ESG cartel through lines of credit and so on that allegedly they're being promised will come out good for them if they can weather the storm. So attacking the ESG tap that's also placing these people and creating these um, hiring practices and employment pipelines for the human capital aspect, attacking and busting that cartel is also something that uh, through whatever variety of techniques falls within the starve the beast uh, aspect of water um, attacking wood. How would water attack wood according to the five element theory in Chinese thought? It would starve the beast. So that's one of these things. We can also constantly frustrate their efforts. We can kind of um, take the cycle of not just creation, but of consumption and exploit that by putting the woke in a position where they demand more and more and more and more to drive them to being insatiable, to asking for more than people are willing to give and then asking for more and then turning and blaming people for not giving more than there is to give, which is something the woke are easily provoked into doing or that they will easily do when they get kind of off on their own thing. In other words, they're too thirsty they actually can undermine their support. So we can frustrate their efforts um, in general everywhere we turn so that they'll demand more and more and more. And as they demand more and more and more supply, they will frustrate people. Uh, as this is this is this is the, the water attacking wood strategy anyway. These are these are a large number of techniques. Remember, I'm not I'm I'm punting here a little bit, but this podcast is about big picture strategy. There are a million things you can do within each one of these domains um, that might qualify. And I've given some examples, but the big picture of the relationship between water and wood, if we accept that wood energy in Chinese five element theory characterizes um, the woke Marxist phenomenon or Marxism more broadly, the, the water aspect of the strategy boils down to starve the beast. And you want to cut off its access to financial, uh, material, uh, social, cultural, and human capital. And you want to make them as greedy and thirsty as possible in the meantime to uh, by frustrating them and making them demand more and more and more. Now, when we turn to the metal element, the relationship between metal and wood is that metal cuts wood. So metal element, a picture yourself with an axe going after a tree. Now, we're not going to be violent. Violence would, I guess, possibly be in this. That's actually a pernicious use of, of the metal element. That's not what we need to do. We need to apply the, the energy, the idea of, of, the, of metal applied to what are chopping uh, things down to, to chop down woke Marxism. Again, I want you to think of this really like a lot of vines, like a lot of poison ivy, whatever that was called in Harry Potter, devil's snare or whatever that grows everywhere and snags people up and strangles them. What this is referring to is criticisms, satire, lawsuits, firings, arrests. Those are techniques of the metal. Violence is not. That is not useful. Uh, and what you'll find is that the wood is going to 
break your 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 tool if you tried to go too far. Um, so criticism, there's this is it's so easy actually to just get engaged in woke argumentation, read it, understand it, and then criticize it. Its foundations are fake. It's gnostic. It's religious. It's culty. There are a million great ways to criticize it. Uh, getting into and criticizing its premises, its conclusions, its activities, um, the corruption involved, all of that, the, the criticism is so useful. Biting satire. So I'm really, I'm going to break satire into two pieces because I think that there's some satire that's going to fall more under fire element than metal element, but the kind that's just cutting, scathing, scathing satire, um, the kind that really, uh, you know, cuts into their ability to be considered good. Uh, that's a metal element kind of critique, this biting, scathing, chopping into satire. That's very valuable. If you want an example of what it could look like when it goes bad, at least the onion has gone bad on this. They're doing it wrong and it's working out uh, terribly. Now the Babylon B is doing very good satire and there are some other people that do very good satire, but this kind of very almost, I don't want to say sarcastic or sardonic, but the kind that really, you know, one that you'd say that really cuts to the heart of the matter. That's the kind of energy that satire really cuts through the mystification, cuts through the BS, cuts through the wizard circle. So satire and criticism that achieve that are the application of the metal element to the monster. Um, lawsuits, and these should be good focused, principled lawsuits, but lawsuits, they don't just rearrange the incentive field, that's one of their effects, but lawsuits actually cut straight into what's going on. They undercut their ability to continue doing it. Anywhere that you can actually apply the word cut, you're probably thinking in, in metal strategy. And then firings and arrests, same thing. Um, Firing people is literally, you can think of it like pruning, you know, pruning parts of the woke vine off. Uh, same with arrests, the people that are engaging in these illegal activities, putting them in jail, cutting them out of the uh, racket and the cartel, especially these white collar arrests, not just criminals that need to be rounded up um, because they've been let loose on the street. So this is the kind of idea of the metal attacking wood. So where water is starve the beast, metal is cut down what they're doing. Um, in general, as a principle, what you want to do when you are doing this is you always want to strike the highest link on the chain that you can reach. Or if we were talking about um, cutting down wood, I guess you want to chop as close to the root as you can. Don't waste your, well, you can, but you're not doing a lot by wasting your time cutting the branches. You need to be, or the twigs or even leaves or whatever, you need to be getting down to the root. So strike the highest link on the chain that you can reach is important and complicated advice, but this is how you have to strategize when you want to do this. So if I see, you know, a corporation behaving badly, I can go after uh, an employee, for example, like say, let's say that Target's putting out these displays of trans stuff and pedo stuff or whatever else, demonic and satanic stuff. I can go after the employee putting up the stand, but it's probably, while they probably should resist or not do it, it's probably just their job. And you going after an employee is not going to do much. I could go to the manager. That's higher up the chain. It might be the highest you can reach. We could organize a boycott and strike at the corporation itself, or we could go further up the chain. And I think we're at this point now where we can go further up the chain and not just be striking at the at the corporation, but at the cartel mechanisms that are manipulating our corporations. 
maybe Target is very willfully complicit. Maybe they're into it now, but they still are beholden by this corporate equality index. They still care about their ESG score. These things are still important. We can be striking even higher on the chain. Um, you could be striking at the teacher, not literally striking, but, you know, criticizing the teacher, teaching the woke stuff in the classroom, or you could be going after the school, after the principal or the school board or the entire district or even the state or federal Department of Education. You could be going up the chain. You could be going after the consultancy. You could be going after all of the mechanisms that are making education go bad. Now, some of that, the United Nations initiative for whatever, you probably can't do anything about. The Federal Department of Education, you probably can't do much about. That's a link on the chain that's higher than you can reach. So you want to strike at the highest link on the chain that you can reach. And I don't mean literally physically you. Your arguments put out criticisms of the United Nations are not worthless, but they're not going to change it uh, on their own. This is going to take lots and lots of people doing it. That's how that's going to work. Um, lots and lots of people. So don't have high expectations that you're going to do that. But you going and showing up at a school board meeting and talking to the school board might have a lot of a, a lot more impact. So you should not just discourage you from making those higher level criticisms, which you should do satire. You should do that foments this larger scale public sentiment that can achieve it. But at the same time, for your very practical work, you want to strike at the level of the chain that you can reach. You should be going to school board meetings. You should be talking to people in education committees uh, or the state legislature or whoever it is. Maybe it's just the county. Maybe it's just local. Maybe it's just the teachers. Maybe it's something a lot more local, but you should be working on that. Um, you also want to make sure that you strike true, don't swing wild, but you want to uh, hit the hardest soft target that you can because you don't want to blunt your axe. So what I mean by that is you don't want to just go after something that is got so much positive prestige that when you try to cut at it, you look like a jerk. You want to go after something that where, where when you cut at it, the axe will sink in. People will notice that you are pointing out a real problem. So we're kind of, you can think of examples like this, where like a couple of years ago to try to criticize, say the CDC would have just been anathema, like almost nobody would believe you. But now you can criticize the CDC because people definitely would believe you that something's corrupt there. So you've got to think about that. The, the left has been very, very successful that if you go after, uh, say, the bad things that are going on in the schools the, or whatever that they're saying, well, you want to harm teachers, you want to harm kids, you want to ban books, all of these kinds of arguments. So you want to figure out where your arguments can be effective. And you basically want to go after the, the strongest thing that you can get uh, if you want to have the most effect for that. Um, I, I hope that kind of makes sense. Um, I will point out as one last point in this, because I don't want to belabor this and drag it out, but it is that metal in Chinese five element thought comes from earth. It is the kind of concentration of earth. So when we think of that cycle of creation, um, which means that your criticism has to be, if for your criticism to be true, if you want to have good metal based off of good ore, it has to be rooted in the earth, which in other words has to be based on your values and principles and truth. You can't go swinging wild. You can't go throwing out just vicious insinuation and, and salacious claims that aren't true. You can't do any of that. Your criticism, your satire, your lawsuits have to be strategic and smart. Your, your, your 
calls to fire people, arrests that are made, have all got to be based in principles, value, and truth. I've made the argument a lot of times, for example, that it's not cancel culture to hold people accountable uh, if they're abusing power. In fact, what I say is it's not cancel culture to remove somebody from a position of power that they are abusing. Okay. Now, the woke use fake arguments like... Um, racism or systemic racism or whatever to, to, to make the lie that normal people doing their actual jobs are upholding something terrible and therefore abusing their power and therefore should be removed from it. It is up to us to be based in our principles when we go back and try to remove these, these folks. You will get countersued. You fire a woke employee, they will come after you with a lawsuit. So it better be based in principle, it better be based in values, and it better be based in truth. Uh, that's absolutely necessary. And we can learn that in five element theory just to kind of drag it out a little bit because metal comes from earth. So good metal has to be based in solid principle. And then, like I said, strike as high up as you can, but also you want to strike something that people are going to be able to understand why that's the target you're going after without being completely confused. I thought those were good. That's not the reaction that you want when you when you make your criticisms, unless you bring a lot to bear on that, it's not going to work. You better have substantial evidence to convince people that something they think is good, like social emotional learning or whatever, a year ago, two years ago, that they think is good is actually bad. You better have substantial arguments. That's basically the kind of point. You can, in other words, you need a heavy axe. Okay, so that's metal. So now we have the ideas that woke is like bad, pernicious wood. That's a Chinese five element thought. And then the way that you engage that from the perspective of the water element from the same thought strategically is starve the beast of all these different types of capital. And then from the metal element is that you cut down, whether that's through criticism, satire, lawsuits, firings, uh, arrests, etc. all of which go back to that previous thing of starving the beast and kind of a cycle because water creates or sorry, metal creates water. So if you create these kinds of changes, these criticisms, the satire, the biting satire, the lawsuits, the firing and arrests, and so on, you can start to change the liability field that starts to shut off the tap of water. And you can get a positive feedback loop against them using these two elements together. Now, fire burns and consumes wood. So what about the fire element? So this is a dangerous element to use, and it's a crucial element to use, and it's a safe element to use on the same time in different ways. It is one of the most important tools. So fire burning down wood implies a couple of things, two things. One is strategic acceleration, which is a dangerous tool to use. That's why I said it's dangerous. And then I said it's also crucial and safe, and that's because... Um, in Chinese thought, fire is associated with, ta-da, light or brightness or illumination. So the brightness aspect of fire implies exposure. So what fire looks like in taking on a pernicious wood invasion of woke Marxism, what, what it tells us to do is to goad them into going too far. That's accelerating them, making them burn too hot for themselves and then, or to burn the wood up faster in some sense, but then it also is to um, expose, shed light on, throw sunlight on. And in Chinese thought, actually, it turns out that there's this pre-heaven, post-heaven thing with all the elements, and the, the fire is the worldly manifestation of the sun. This isn't that complicated, or the heaven, actually. So, the idea is that when you say, you know, sunlight is the best infectant, that's fire element. 
That's the idea. That's your stuff that you, you don't have the sunlight of heaven. You have the sunlight of fire uh, or the, the bright light of fire. So the idea is to expose and show and make clear and bright what's going on with the woke and to goad them into strategic acceleration. Now I'm going to point out real quick that I said strategic acceleration because if you accelerate too far, you end up in reaction and that's bad. We'll come back to that. But the idea is that you want to, with the, with the accelerating part, you want to always push woke into going too far. In other words, you want to get the wood burning really, really hot so it burns up faster. You want to burn up their moral authority. You want to burn up people's ability to want to support them. Then they'll turn off the tap. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, you force them to defend the indefensible. You force them to double down. You force them to say, you know, the whole progression where it's that's not happening and then it goes to, um, you know, that it eventually gets to, you know, it's good that it's happening or whatever, you want to get them to, it's good that it's happening. You want them to defend the idea of child transition and sterilization. You want to get them to defend the idea of openly discriminating in hiring and, uh, you know, academic uh, admissions in order to achieve equity. You want to get them to defend the indefensible. And you get them to do that by forcing them to double down and by always asking the next question and eventually the unaskable or the unanswerable question. So you always want to take it another step. I really recommend people go look at the, the site Courage is a Habit. They have a Twitter. I know um, Alvin Louie runs this. Uh, you should go check out Courage is a Habit. They have a website. If you Google it, you'll find it. Um, He's very good at this ask the next question, this kind of driving them to the point of absurdity. Anywhere you hear the old reductio ad absurdum or reduction to absurdity, this is a different kind, by the way, of satire. This is um, this is something that you actually want to do. You want to draw them out and get them to admit who they really are. You want them to, as they say, take the mask off. This is bringing illumination, but it's also um, forcing them to, to latch on to the, the consequences of their bad ideas and claim those so that they end up alienating people from them. They burn up their moral authority that way. They are running on borrowed moral authority and you want them to burn that up and run out of it so that people abandon them. Uh, you want to expose, that's the other side, the bright light of fire or sunlight, the sunlight being the best infectant, uh, best uh, disinfectant part. So what you want to do is you want to expose everything you can, expose corruption. So this is digging in, expose connections, expose the links. You know, I said strike as high in the chain as you can. Somebody's got to be exposing what the chain looks like. Expose the manipulations. These are a lot of the kind of on the ground tactics I've been talking about lately. Uh, you know, understanding Darvo, understanding how to respond to Darvo, deny, attack, reverse roles of victim and offender, understanding mid-level violence and provocations, understanding that these are manipulations, understanding the dialectical word games they play to draw you into an argument that actually isn't the point at all so that they can steal your rights. Pointing out you are manipulating, pointing out weaponized empathy. You are manipulating us and we're not going to do it. Uh, expose the manipulation. Name the dynamic. Show what's happening. That's That would be a fire element example of how to combat the woke, which I still say is wood. And then, of course, expose their misuses of language. Expose that when they say something like stakeholder capitalism, it seems to mean something very much like Soviet 
running through a Soviet running through the corporations, Soviet corporatism, or that what they seem to mean by uh, sustainability uh, looks very much like productive socialism, that when they use the word democracy, that it means it's only a true democracy when it's on their terms or when it's perfectly equitable or whatever. So exposing that inclusion means excluding everything that doesn't keep their favored groups feeling included according to subjective decisions, exposing that diversity means experts in diversity, which means people trained in their ideology, not anything else, exposing these manipulations of language, of people, of emotions, uh, the corruption involved as often as possible does the same thing. So shining that bright light is one of the best tools and then carrying it like a torch and letting other people see the light is one of the best tools and strategies. Um, there's another form of satire that's fire element, that's the kind of illuminating and revealing kind. Think of all those things that the Babylon Bee calls um, predictions, right? The predictions, the predictive ones, where they say the thing and then like a couple months later, the woke are actually saying it themselves. That's the kind of satire that's more fire element. When the Babylon Bee made that joke that CNN buys a bunch of... Uh, industrial sized washing machines to spin the news before they air it. That's more the metal biting, cutting kind of satire. Do you see the kind of difference? So when, when, uh, if the Babylon Bee came out and said something, and I can't think of one off the top of my head, one of their, their successful predictions that actually came true. But if they were to come out and say something like, you know, doctors recommend getting rid of the Hippocratic oath so that we can readjust harm instead of do no harm. Um, which is not a very Babylon B sounding headline, but that was something that Peter Bogosian and I actually played with as a fake academic article. And then we had that actually that school do that as part of the, uh, one of the, I guess, orientation ceremonies or something, a medical school. Um, when you predict, you satire to predict what's coming in a month or two months or a year, that's fire element. So there's more, a different flavor of satire than the cutting and biting nasty, brutal kind. Um, so these are some tools of fire. Uh, one of the characteristics of fire in Chinese thought is that it's a clingy. Um, so when you get on one of these issues and you start working on it, don't go away from it, stick to the issues and heat them up. That's very useful, very valuable. Um, you want to make them become the fuel of their own demise. You want to make them become the thing that alienates people and show that to the world. That's basically it. So strategically, or in other words, brightly, like cleverly, smartly, intelligently, strategically use your own mid-level provocations back on them for whatever it's worth in the martial arts fire element stuff is said to draw power from the middle joints, the knees and the elbows. So you have this kind of springiness, this, but it's that mid-level provocation thing that you're trying to, um, you're trying to do. You could, if you do a mid-level provocation back to them, you're doing a kind of a fire element attack. Uh, if you kind of get them where they have to choose between a rock and a hard place, so baiting them into burning themselves down, baiting them into doubling down or giving up on something. Uh, the other thing is, of course, by using this fire stuff, what are you doing? You're not just cutting off the tap, the water supply, like we were talking about, but you're also boiling off their water supply. If you heat them up, you make them look like fools, you make them look bad, then it will reduce their... Uh, 
you know, will reduce their ability to be taken seriously. I want you to remember a basic principle, by the way, the provocations that the woke make these drag queens and stuff, they all look horrible. Nobody likes it. it a lot of this stuff only looks reasonable in comparison to a worse reaction. So if you don't give them the reaction, but you kind of let them be awful and expose it, that does a ton of damage to them. Reacting, of course, uh, creates a different cycle and dynamic that makes it worse. But so these are basically fire strategies. The idea is that you're going to accelerate them, make them commit to their own indefensible ideas and expose what they're doing. That's fire. So just to summarize again, water is starving the beast, cutting off. I, I meant to mention this at the time. I just I forgot it and it just came back to me. What Billboard Chris does going around having these conversations day after day after day after day is actually tapping into the cutting under undercutting of the moral authority. He's cutting off their access to social capital. He's making them cringe by drawing people. It's actually, I'll pull it back up in the next one too, kind of with earth. He's pulling back pe people back to solid basic principles, but he's also diminishing. He's cutting off the flow of social capital by having these conversations. So a lot of it's going to be one conversation at a time. So anyway, water is cutting off the tap, starving the beast. It's the water, how it addresses wood metal is cutting it down. That's a lot of criticism and satire, uh, firings, pruning, if you will. And then fire is actually, you, you want to consume it faster and use the light that it generates to expose them to people. And then earth, earth is grown over by wood. And so in the Chinese five element thought, um, it is wood that attacks earth. So it's a little bit different to think about this because this is now one where you're thinking protectively rather than aggressively with all of the others I've given you suggestions for how to attack and earth in some sense is much more how to defend because it's being attacked by, by wood. You want to think actually that earth is like our society in a sense, right? And earth is being colonized or grown over by wood. So what we have to do is protect that. We have to tend our earth and keep it healthy. So if you think of this pernicious wood energy as, as toxic and noxious weeds growing, what would you do? Well, you need a healthy, you know, say yard of grass to block the poison ivy from growing up. The, the roots of the grass block the poison ivy from coming through. So you want to think about how you would, if you think about the Marxist ideas as, as weed seeds and toxic or noxious weeds and runners and things like that, what would you do to tend your garden, tend your, tend your, um, your yard to prevent those things from taking root and becoming a problem. Well, when small problems start, you have to weed them. You have to pull them out when, um, you want to have healthy, uh, ecosystems that squeeze those out and don't give them much of a chance to grow. Uh, you want to be thinking about that kind of thing. And what does that mean? Not just when something starts to sprout, you want to pull it out. What is that? What is it? So you see something starting to turn woke and you say, nope, not here. You know that meme where the guy's handing over the book, this is an old book from the 50s, or meme from like an image from the 50s turned to a meme and it's like CRT or a lot of times, or um, it used to be like, you know, Marxism or whatever, uh, the manif Communist Manifesto, and it shows the guy with his hand like, stop, nope, not here. You want to have that attitude, right? So you want to keep the pernicious stuff out, and if it starts to sprout, you want to pull it up. You, you don't hire people who are woke, because they're a liability to your company. If somebody starts throwing the woke fit, 
you have to figure out savvy strategic ways to get rid of them, saddling them with responsibility that you hold them accountable to saying, oh, you want to increase diversity here? Great. That's your job. You have three months. And if you fail, I fire you. Um, that kind of thing. Or you just have to start getting rid of these people. But we have to think very strategically along, along those lines because um, they'll sue you and they will create bogus civil rights lawsuits and sometimes they're going to win. In general, though, if we're going to tend our garden, protect our ground, we have to get our values right. In other words, we have to get based. Earth is very centered, so we don't just have to be based. We have to be, as the kids say, all of them, based, real, and stoic. Based is only the beginning, based in your values and clear. You also have to be real. You have to be um, you know, authentic. And then you also have to be stoic. You have to not be able to be moved around a lot. Uh, but also you're not given over to the passions, as they would say, based, real, and stoic. You'll see that when we look at um, the reaction, they like to claim that they are based and maybe they are, maybe they have a claim to this, but they are certainly not real and they're most definitely not stoic. And so they're not, they don't have the trifecta here. Um, but we do need to make sure that we have our values getting squared away. We need to be based in those values. We do need to work for a cultural renewal. Everybody who's calling for that, that's not the only ingredient, by the way. There are many ingredients, as we've outlined, to fighting the woke. But we do need to start renewing our culture, especially with young people. We need to be mentoring young people. We need to be protecting young people from woke stuff. This is all kind of the earth aspect of fighting the woke. But cultural renewal, protecting our children, deprogramming, especially children who've been exposed to this, uh, homeschooling, all of these kinds of things that feel very homey and centered. That's all earth. Uh, those are all very important. Getting maybe rooted back down in your faith, if you have one, getting rooted back down in the founding documents of the United States, uh, understanding those, getting knowledgeable and rooted and based in in an Americanism. That's all the kinds of get your values right stuff that's, that's going to protect your garden from getting taken over by noxious weeds of the woke. Uh, in a corporation or an organization, it's going to be making sure that we put good people in key positions to block out bad people and make sure that they can't be there. There is pulling the weeds, and f which is removing people. Think about taking over a school board and, and then defending that. That's the kind of idea. Putting good people in key positions and having a strategy to make sure good people stay in key positions and more good people are interested in getting into those good positions and keeping our positions filled with good people so that activists can't take over those positions. That's the idea of a wood element strategy against woke Marxism. So at this point, by the way, you're probably getting pretty well convinced that I'm not wrong that it's wood, even if you didn't buy me earlier on in the beginning. Part of what this involves also, though, is knowing what we're protecting. This is one of the harder jobs that we have. We don't just to go get to go around tearing things up and destroying stuff. We don't disrupt and dismantle. We have to stop the woke and protect what we have. This is another reason why reaction, which wants to throw it away and go to war, is not the correct solution. We have to protect what we have. That means we have to protect first our kids. We need to know what we're protecting. We need to get to know our kids. We need to get involved in our kids' lives. We've got to understand where they're at, where they're getting, uh, where how, how they tick. We probably, lots of us, should be homeschooling our kids. We should be instilling values in our kids. We should be interacting with not just our kids, but their friends as well. We should be you know, doing mentorship kind of things with kids. We should also be rooting down in our, our nation's founding documents. We should be studying the roots of liberty so that we can continue to get the blessings of liberty, which is what our country is about. Um, 
if you're faithful, that will mean you should be probably studying your Bible and studying it seriously, not as an excuse to go do whatever it is you think you want to do. You should be cultivating virtues and values in yourself and encouraging them in others. You should be constantly looking to pull yourself back to truth and pull other people around you back to truth. It's a very earth element thing where Matt Walsh stood and told the trans people, you will never become trans. And I'm telling you this because I love you because I care about you. For Pride Month, it would be a very earth element kind of thing to go out and publicly, far enough away where you're not getting sucked into the to the maelstrom or the tornado, but publicly, if you're, say, faithful, instead of going and yelling at trans people or having a counter demonstration, just go quietly pray. Have pamphlets or cards inviting them if you ever want to talk. I would love to talk. I know you might be struggling. And don't press anything on them. These are the kinds of things that you could be doing um, rather than kind of whipping up to some kind of reaction or war. Pull these people back to truth. Offer to be a landing pad. Anything that sounds like it's a lot of stability going on and cultivating stability, learning our roots and our foundations, that's all earth element stuff. And again, the idea is that you want to become based so that you are firm in understanding who you are and where you are. And you want to be real not flailing around, real, connected to reality. You're not too online. You don't think life is a game of Call of Duty or Risk or whatever the hell neo-reaction philosophers think it is, and that you're stoic. You're not actually reacting all the time. You're not saying, this is it, it's over. You're not caught up in doomer, negative, black pill, whatever the phrase you want to use, views, uh, fatalism. I'm by the way, the woke, I should do a whole podcast on this at some point. The woke have a whole theory of fatalism, of being submerged by the colonizing culture and what it does to you, which means through the Iron Law of Woke Projection, we know that they are intentionally trying to create the submerged fatalistic feeling. Oh, it's too late. There's no reason to try to save the Constitution because it's just a piece of paper and it already failed us. Very, very, very common on the reactionary right to hear this now, quoting and citing um, Spooner. Uh, who said something to the effect of if the Constitution could have blocked it, or do so, well, since it didn't block it, then it's useless. Um, and if it, so, you know, this kind of thing that just dismiss this as a useless document, we should move beyond. This isn't stoic. This is despair. This is giving over to fear, to despair. This is if you're faithful, if you're religious, this is not faith. You do not have faith any longer in this country or the people in it. Um, you have lost your faith. You've gone into a position where you are ruled by fear and despair, and you're going to make bad decisions based on fear and despair. You need to be based real and stoic, like the kids say. That is absolutely crucial to uh, the wood aspect of the strategy. And again, it's cultivating values and virtues, protect knowing what we're protecting, like our Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Federalist Papers. You could be doing study books, book group studies on these things. It could be the Bible, understanding liberty, understanding the values and virtues, protecting your children. Like I said, pulling the weeds, making sure that we have a good, tightly knit, strong, healthy network. That's like all the roots of all of your healthy plants, keeping the poison ivy from being able to grow. Here in the South, we call sometimes call poison ivy nature's band-aid. So we're poison ivy is going to grow is where say, you know, maybe there's an embankment and like a truck goes by and it comes up on the embankment and it scars the hill. 
and it cuts into the the poison ivy will grow there. It's nature's band-aid. It's where somebody has damaged the the existing ecosystem. A plant like poison ivy or some noxious weed will fill in. So you want to make sure that there's not that and you want to repair that where it comes up. That's the kind of thing that we have to do. That's the earth element. So summarizing the four again, water is starve the beast, metal is cut it down, criticism, satire, etc., lawsuits, firing, um, pruning, if you will. Fire is exposing, shedding light upon, but also dragging them into the accelerated position, getting them to burn up their moral authority by exposing who they really are. And then earth is actually tending your own garden, okay? which includes your children. Your children are part of your garden. Very important. Their revolution doesn't succeed if we protect the, our kids from them. Then we have to actually understand as the fifth element in this, the trajectory of wood itself. We can use wood against itself, not just by getting it to burn faster. Um, so in five element thought, wood tends to grow from seed to a, you know, flexible, springy kind of, you know, young plant to a very rigid, wooden, stiff uh mature plant. That's the idea. And so what does that look like here? If we take wood to its logical conclusion and in, in the kind of metaphor that we have, the, the woke thing is exactly what they warn about in all of their literature, but they've never been able to avoid, which is that they increasingly become bureaucratic. Their bureaucracy becomes more and more rigid. Their theory becomes more and more unable to adapt. And so it becomes heavy and sclerotic is the word that they use. So what you actually want to do is force them into positions where they do have power to bureaucratize and become more and more rigid. Because you want to think if it's like wood, you want stiff, brittle branches that will break in the wind or that will fall over under their own weight. You want to reduce their overall mobility but you also want to detach them from the roots. This is kind of a weird thing, but young wood uh, is, is symbolized by having its power come from underneath, from the bottom, from, from the ground up, from the feet, if you will, or the roots. The seed springs open underground, and then the roots grow down and anchor the thing, and then the sprout comes up, right? So that's the idea. It's power comes from underneath, and it, the, the, the green shoot that represents you know, um, kind of explosive or new wood energy is sprout coming out of the ground and spreading its leaves and it projects into empty spaces. Right. And so the power comes from underneath and moves into emptiness. That's the kind of scar on the land thing that I was just talking about. Old wood, on the other hand, is very different. That's young wood energy. Old wood energy is very different. It gets top heavy. And in fact, it's detached or broken at the bottom is the, the saying sometimes used. And what you want to do to enable that is not just get them to bureaucratize, which makes them stiff and rigid and bulky, but you also want to rot their connection to their, to their roots. You want to make them become top heavy and disconnected from the ground. You want to take away that springing up from the underclass energy. Look how the Marxists always work, right? It's always the underclass, the underclass, the proletariat, the racial minorities that are oppressed. It's the oppressed rising up. And they're doing it from grassroots organizations that think global but act local. Well, you want to disconnect them from that. You want to point out, for example, the corruption at the top. Think global, act local. As a bunch of people thinking they're improving their communities when they're actually serving the agenda of these weird big banks in the World Economic Forum that aren't exactly organizations you know, of and for the people. 
they're unaccountable, they're bureaucratic, they're um, bizarre. They are not the bastion of the left. They are huge and corporate and rich and fake. And so you want to be able to force them to, you know, become that heavy, ugly, wealthy, corrupt bureaucracy that the grassroots hates, that's completely disconnected from the grassroots. Um, you can actually do some of this very simply, um, but just refusing to go along with their programs, um, they get forced to become more rigid and to force those programs on you. So that's kind of exploiting the earth aspect, but at the same time, you stay based and stoic, and they come along and have to force you to get a vaccine passport to participate in society. And then they look like the tyrants. The more rigid and forceful and brutal and tyrannical they look, the more moral authority they lose, the more detached from their root, which is people, they become. And so that can actually happen just by refusing to go along with their program. And that courage is contagious. Going along, giving in, playing partway, all of those things feed the beast. But if you refuse, you just say, no, 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 I'm not doing that. We're not doing that. I'm sorry. No, not even I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not doing that. No. It, they get forced to be more forceful. They're forced to be more illegitimate. And they detach themselves. The, the wood energy stops being from the ground up and it starts being these heavy, stiff branches that'll break in the wind and tip the tree over. So you want to make it hard for them to do anything that they want to do um, so without going there with like direct force. So pull your kids out and homeschool them. Make them force the issue that they're going to own your kids some other way. Make them force the issue that you are somehow harming your children allegedly by homeschooling them because they're going to lose that fight. And if they keep picking fights like that, enough of them, they're going to expose themselves for who they are. These are the kinds of strategies that are like, it's kind of like this is like, let wood do what wood does. And it can help it along to where it becomes mature. Remember, these things are all in a cycle. So the wood comes up, the water comes, the seed sprouts, young wood comes out, wood grows. This is very Chinese dynamic, right? The wood grows, eventually the wood becomes very stiff and brittle, big, thick, heavy branches, tree falls over, and then it can it's dried out and it can burn. And the fire comes. See how it works? You want to just kind of help it along that path. Um, a little abstruse. Let me talk about reaction for a second, though, since I said that about fire, and then we'll summarize and get out of here. So what is reaction, reactionaries? They're not right-wingers, so to speak. They A lot of them are. They pr pr pronounce themselves as right-wing or conservative or the right, but they're reacting. They're reacting to what? the woke give. So if we think of woke as a wood element thing, and we remember that wood feeds fire, and that reaction is a reaction to the woke, we can see that reaction is actually the fire element getting out of control. So reaction is a fire thing. It's the acceleration aspect or the burning aspect getting out of control. We're not going to win if we get out of control, by the way. I just gave you a bajillion different strategies from the water, starve the beast, to the metal, cut them down, to the, um, what was the next one? Fire, expose, and, and you know, burn up their moral authority, to um, the earth, protect your, or nourish your garden, tend your garden, to the, you know, encourage them along to become brittle and to falter and fall and disconnect from their roots. 
I gave you a lot of strategies, lots of things that you can think about, different ways to put to operationalize. And I didn't say that you should go nuts. I didn't say you should lose your head. In fact, I said the opposite. Um, pernicious wood is is like poison ivy is nature's band-aid. So it benefits from ruined or in other words, scorched earth. The idea with reaction is that the wood provokes the, the Marxists provoke the reaction enough till they burn so hot that they scorch everything. The fire gets out of control and it burns down the existing society because the existing society gets blamed for the existence of the problem. This is exactly what happens. The, the woke will take what they can get directly, but they're always going to rely, especially when they hit a roadblock, on reaction to get them over the hill. And so if they want, if they can't say grow into your garden, they can't overgrow the earth because your earth is tended well, your garden is tended well. What do they need? They need all that burned out of the way. Well, if you can stoke a big enough fire in the reaction to burn all that away, well, now the woke don't have to burn it. Don't, don't have to, don't, they don't have to uproot it or get around it. They've had it burned off and they can take advantage of the scorched earth. So wood feeds fire. So they provoke and provoke and provoke and provoke. And eventually the reaction breaks out, which is a wildfire that's out of control. That is not strategic. It is not useful. And in fact, what it does is it prepares the environment for the next attack of the woke. So rather than using acceleration to expose and undermine their or burn off their moral authority, you get so worked up in your own self-righteousness and your reaction to what they're doing that you actually destroy your own moral authority and hand it back to the woke. This has happened in almost every reactionary regime, every fascist regime ever. doesn't matter if it was the one in Greece. It doesn't matter if it's the Franco in Spain. And you could say, well, Franco saved Spain from the communists. And it was absolutely necessary. I don't have enough historical grounding to say one way or the other, but I know that for 50 years, the left has had all the moral authority in Spain because of um, the brutality of that regime. Uh, and this happens again and again throughout South America. When you have reaction, what you have is they burn down their own moral authority rather than burning, getting the woke to burn down theirs. And by burning themselves out, they hand the moral authority back to the woke. When you become a tyrant yourself, the woke will point, the left will point and say, look, the right is tyrannical and everybody's afraid of it. And for a century, for a century, that's all you hear. I mean, to this day, it's just barely becoming possible to criticize George Soros because of the fascist reaction in World War II. It's anti-Semitic, allegedly, to criticize things that George Soros is doing because they can hide behind that moral shield that they're creating. This is why it's so dangerous. But if we understand the character of fire, we can understand the character of reaction. Fire is the rebellious daughter in the kind of Chinese um, family understanding of these elements, which is kind of funny uh, because these guys in the reaction tend to be the big manly guys. But we all know what that is, is it's male insecurity that's lashing out. So it's funny that it's actually the re rebellious daughter. So what it is, is feminine energy that's asking, acting masculine. That is what, how fire is characterized. by. It's insubstantial. It's substance without substance, right? But it will burn the crap out of you. It's And it's throwing off heat and light like the sun, which is pure masculine energy in Chinese thought. Symbolic thought, I guess. So what is it? It's a female that's acting male. It's feminine flailing around emotionality acting out in masculine ways. So reaction is a rebellious daughter. Fire is a rebellious daughter. So that fits. It's also, like I said earlier, the, the post-hemorrhage 
a post heaven image of of the sun or of, of heaven which is pre-heaven by comparison so it's the the earthly image of the sun uh so it's the um that that also fits right because this it's all where does it usually come out of religion so it it's something that claims divine authority but in a worldly way and then goes marching and bestriding the land like it thinks it's napoleon or something like that so if you think it's like the the you know giga chat or whatever that's just projection it's it's rebellious daughter feminine energy acting masculine that's bestriding the land as though it has religious authority instead of being confined to the world i mean these are themes that i talk about all the time that the the true path is that recognizing none of us has the authority of god but these people are claiming the authority of god in order to do what they do does that make sense why because they are fire so they think that they're like god uh but they're really just the earthly imitation of it but the fact is that fire getting out of control will scorch the earth and leave it barren and that's where pernicious wood is going to grow so if the reaction comes and the reaction fails or if the reaction comes and the reaction succeeds the woke are going to take over it's always snatching defeat from victory to go into reaction uh, the way that this works is with a reaction is that the fire burns so out of control that it loses control of itself, gets too hot. In other words, it stops being based real and stoic. And in fact, it destroys the very ideals that being based and stoic are dependent upon. So reaction, in other words, destroys the existing order and burns through the existing values, which is not based at all. And it's behaving in a way that's definitely not stoic and most of the crap that they put out. In fact, the neo-reaction crowd, so-called NRX, said that they were, um, they're not just post-liberal and reactionary and all of this. They are also openly doing trad or traditional values in pastiche. They've gone full postmodern. So I used to call them pomo trads or postmodern traditionalists is because they are actually just acting out or LARPing live action role playing they're just larping traditional values they're pretending they're not based they're not real and they're not stoic so what they do instead is that they decide that you know the existing values of the society the constitution free speech freedom of religion whatever civil rights equal protection under the law these things due process of law these things have been manipulated so that they are the problem and they are the necessary precursors of the woke infiltration and so the only thing we can do is burn the whole place down it's like having a poison ivy take over your garden and thinking that the thing to do is just set your whole garden on fire to get rid of the poison ivy which the noxious smoke is probably going to poison you um, it's not that good of an idea. And then it turns out most of the poison ivy plants underground anyway. So it's just going to come back and there's going to be nothing else for it to compete with anymore. And it's going to take over. Do you get the metaphor? Like this is way too freaking neat and cool. So why does this happen? Why does reaction happen? Because wood comes along pernicious, gets out of control and fire overreacts and overconsumes the wood. That isn't, isn't that neat? The cycle of creation that the, the provocation from wood creates the reaction, which is the fire element. Isn't that neat how that actually kind of freaking makes sense? And so this not only undercuts your values and renders your, your earth barren, um, it also melts metal. <laughs> fire melts metal that's what it does and so if the fire is burning too hot it's going to undermine your ability to make cutting arguments against the woke 
because they're going to get conflated with this other stuff. They're going to be polluted by the reaction, which is making very bad arguments. This is kind of the saga with me right now where I've indicated that because I understand very clearly the difference between LGB and NTQ, and I'm dividing the line, that the right-wing reaction, the um, especially Christian nationalist group, is saying that I'm homosexual and all these other things because they're claiming that LGB naturally leads to TQ, even though if you actually read the literature from queer theory, they very openly reject the idea of a stable LG or B. They are very much against those things. The idea that you would have a stable, normalized sexual identity that happens to be homosexual is anathema to queer theory. They are literally antagonistic. Their activism in the 80s and 90s was literally antagonistic to one another, even though they were somewhat fellow travelers. Queer theory has always resisted and hated gay marriage because they were afraid that it would normalize gay marriage and being gay and thus remove its revolutionary potential. So when this reactionary fire burns out of control, it actually diminishes your ability to make cutting arguments because it's undercut and burned out your moral authority. And it's crowding out the space with bad arguments. So what do you do with reaction? Well, let's do a five element real quick, quick without getting into the neat details. Well, water is what quenches fire. So water douses fire. So in other words, you got to cool it off. The reaction has to be cooled off. Earth consumes fire in a sense. That's the cycle of creation being read as a cycle of consumption and it doesn't burn, which means if you stay based real and stoic, that doesn't get burned up and it actually uses them up. Wood feeds fire. Reaction is a reaction to a provocation. So doing everything we can to properly address the pernicious wood problem, the woke problem, actually undercuts reaction. It starves it of fuel. Fire is clingy. Fire, fire has no substance in of itself. There's no flame without the log that it's burning. Do you understand this? I know you're going to point to your gas stove, but that's fire clinging to the gases. There is no flame that's not, if we think of it in these kind of more elemental ways, there's no flame that's not clinging to the log that it's burning. So if you make the log stop, the fire will stop too. And so what you'll actually find is sometimes you don't, you don't find the woke actually wanting, or sorry, the reaction wanting the woke thing to stop. They want the dynamic to continue because it's the only thing fueling them. Uh, Christian nationalism, there's been a theonomist or dominionist or even hyper-dominionist movement for decades in the United States. It's had very little traction. Well, the fighting the woke becomes their moment of glory. And the woke are the only reason anybody's paying attention to it. Turns out school choice has worked the same way. School choice has remained a very unpopular policy outside of very narrow limits. Universal school choice was never a popular policy. It gets defeated, it gets defeated. Oh no, the woke, which can't be solved by school choice as it is. And all of a sudden, not everybody in the conservative universe wants school choice because they've and pulled into this reaction. So if we take away the wood, we remove the wood from the situation, we start blocking the provocations, we start making pro every inch of progress you make against the woke makes an inch of progress against the reaction, maybe 10 inches of progress against the reaction. So fight the woke to stop the reaction, because if the woke aren't provoking, these people look like useless fools, which is exactly what they are. Um, metal absorbs and snuffs fire out, so undercut the arguments of the reaction and put it out. 
fire can get too hot and burn itself out very quickly. In other words, um, you can provoke these people into burning themselves out and having no moral authority. They can't attract people if they look crazy. And it turns out the reaction, because they're already a reaction, they're already over-provoked, are very, very easy to over-provoke further. If you are on their radar and you tweet about the wonderfulness of the Constitution, they will reply to you in mass telling you that the Constitution is a piece of trash we should wipe our ass with, that the Constitution's already failed, that there's nothing that makes the Constitution work, that the Constitution's already corrupted, blah, 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 blah. They're very easy to provoke. If you ask them what the fate of, I didn't even ask them, I just put out a meme that said, you know, it shows a woman being dragged down by a cannonball underwater, and the cannonball has TQ on it, and then the the woman has LGB on it. So is that the LGB are being dragged down and drowned by the TQ. And they went berserk on me and started accusing me of being a known homosexual and all kinds of crazy things that they want to say. And they looked really bad and they continue to look really bad. And then it was very easy to take that a step further and say, okay, so let's say that you get your way. Um, reactionary guys, uh, what are you going to, what do you do with, with gay people? And they said, well, we're going to force them to repent of their gayness or exile them or other crazy things. It, are literally crazy that do not protect people's individual and civil rights and are wholly unpopular. And so you say, well, what if they say no? And in fact, that's the question that'll take the reaction every single time. It actually works on the woke and the reaction. It's a, it's like the litmus test for tyrants. They put out something about their vision and their program. And you say, what do you do with the people who say no? That's the question you ask them. What do you do with the people who say no? If they say something crazy, like kill them, exile them, force them, blah, 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 then you know you're dealing with a tyrant. So it turns out that it's very easy to get these people to go kind of like over-provoked and expose themselves. So you can get them to generate heat if you want to stick in the fire element thing and use that to reveal them with a light um, to get people to understand that they are part of the problem reaction solution mechanism and that the solution is already engineered. See, the woke are the provocation and the problem. They are the intended reaction and there is an intended solution that will solve this problem, which will involve a lot of curtailing of a lot of our uh, inalienable rights. So that's enough about reaction. They are a big important part of this stupid story because they are now inflamed. No kidding. Uh, but what do we do if we take this five elements theory approach to treating woke seriously? I know this is admittedly weeby, but just to summarize, if we accept that this is in fact pernicious wood attacking society, a colonization, a usurping sun, this kind of, you know, energy, then we want to starve them out, starve them of their water. We want to use metal or cutting arguments to cut them down, satire, biting, criticism, lawsuits, firings, which is pruning. Um, we want to use fire to expose them and what they're doing and to force them to burn themselves out faster, to burn out their own moral authority. But we have to tend to make sure we don't let it turn into reaction. We must be careful with fire. Fire is very dangerous. Earth, well, we have to tend our garden. We protect and nourish ourselves and our children. We protect and nourish our values. And to deal with the wood itself, we encourage its development into a sclerotic and rigid bureaucracy and disconnect it from its roots so that it can fall over and be done. So this gives you kind of a very big picture, 30,000 foot strategy portfolio for how to deal with the woke, drawing off a five element theory. And surprisingly, I, I mean, I'm still convinced that this is extremely fascinating and a neat way to think about it. 
I don't know if anything that I said helps you. I, maybe all of it is, is this good way to summarize a very large number of things that I think work against the woke. And what I would say is that if we want to win, because there's a very, very formidable strategic um, enemy that we're dealing with, that we really need to be applying all of these. We need to be cutting off the tap. That's water. We need to be removing their social capital their cultural, their claim on cultural capital, their access to material and economic capital, their access and manipulation of human capital. Uh, we need to be doing those things. We need to be cutting down their arguments, satirizing their arguments as the metal element. We need to simultaneously be exposing them and getting them to expose themselves, to burn themselves down. That's fire element. We need to be tending our garden, cultivating our virtues, protecting our children, weeding our garden. That's earth element, based real and stoic. And what we need to be doing is we need to be encouraging them to become sclerotic and bureaucratic and separate from their fundamental roots so that the people that are supporting them will all not want to do that as much so that the water that might be coming up from the ground isn't going to make it to the the poisonous fruit. Um, we also must be cautious and deal with reaction because that reaction is going to burn down the substrate and allow of our society and allow the colonizers to come in and fill in all of the desolated uh, area. So I think that this is actually a neat way to think about it. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope it gets your mind working on different avenues that you might organize. Always, how can I starve them of resources and capital of all types? How can I cut down their arguments and their position, prune their, their branches? How can I burn down their authority and expose them? How can I tend my own garden and protect what I have and understand what it is I'm protecting? And how can I remove them from their roots and get them to be brittle and bulky and everything else? Just kind of a beautiful way to think about this. I hope it helps. <laughs>